drowning me in your promises that left unsaid. You're the right kind of sinner to release my inner fantasy. The invincible winner. You know that you were born to be. Heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker. Don't you mess around with me. You're a heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker. Don't you mess around. No, 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 no. Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com, and it features interviews and stories about and related to music. My guest today is singer-songwriter Crystal Monet Hall, a proud Southern girl born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. She is a self-proclaimed church girl. When it comes to her earliest musical influences, Crystal grew up singing in the church choir and watching her mother sing on Sundays. In high school, she was involved with musical theater and later directed the gospel choir in college, where she also started first playing the piano and writing music. We talked to Crystal about all of her musical adventures, including working with several amazing artists, including Spencer Day, Jason Mraz, Elton John, and Mickey Hart. And we get to listen to lots of her own music from her debut album, River Train, in addition to some exclusive in-studio live recording. So sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Life Radio featuring Crystal Monet Hall, this one entitled River Train. Welcome to Music Live Radio, Crystal. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So what I'd like to do is just start off with a little bit of your history. Can you tell us about what life was like growing up in Virginia and what kind of music you were listening to? Gosh, you know, Virginia was awesome. I grew up in Richmond, which is like central Virginia. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like your sort of medium-grained southern town. It's not super urbane. It's not super suburban. But I lived in, in, like, the suburban part for most of my time there. And I grew up in the church. So I grew up listening to gospel and singing gospel music all the time. My mom is a gospel singer. Um, so I grew up listening to a lot of gospel and blues. But we were also heavy, like, R&B. And my parents love Earth, Wind, and Fire. And, yeah. uh, you know, the old Stevie Wonder stuff. And... Commodores, and I grew up listening to their records. You know, there's a little Funkadelic in there, a lot of Donny Hathaway, who who I always say is like my major, my most major musical influence. Uh, and of course, Aretha Franklin and uh, Patti LaBelle and all those amazing dolls. Whitney Houston. Yeah. Uh, I grew up wanting to sing just like her and, and like my mom. Uh, but yeah, I would say the the rock of it all was totally church and like growing up singing gospel music and, and in school then I started going and you know getting into choirs and musical theater and whatnot and that sort of opened up things a little bit more it was like choral stuff and classical stuff and musical theater which is awesome and uh and then I got I got into the Beatles and jazz like sort of toward high school so but every day I have a new influence. I'm surrounded by amazing musicians who listen to a yeah. lot of killer music. So Yeah, that's good. And when <laughs> I was checking out your website, I noticed that uh, the James River was a really powerful draw for you. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I have been enamored with this river. I've, I'm, a, I'm a moving bodies of water kind of person. I love the beach. I love the the river. I, you know, give me a babbling brook. I don't even care. Like, I'll sit by the creek all day. I just love, love rushing water. Um but the James River is the river that my town is built around, that Richmond is built around. And um, there are all these amazing bridges, 
you know, over them. And I remember being a kid and my grandparents lived in the West End and we lived on the South Side. So you had to come across this bridge, you know, and the, um, and like there's a bridge and then there's like a train and there's just water and it's amazing. And, uh, you can get really close to it. You know, you can get down on the water. And I spent a lot of time down there, like under the train tracks by the water. And I just, I loved it. I, it, to me, it was, it was, it was so mystic and powerful. And I've seen, I've seen bigger rivers and, you yeah. know, <laughs> mightier bodies of water since then. But it like, it just, it still to this day does something to me. Every time I go home, I try to get down there and sit by that river. So, um, when I started writing the album and I had just, I was, I was really getting into sort of playing the blues and just learning how to play guitar and, I, this, this story sort of unfolded in me and it was just sort of like me writing my way back home, you know, and, and, and that, and it just kept coming up over and over again. So I just let it flow, <laughs> yeah. you know, I noticed you do have a lot of songs that have some kind of water theme to them. Yeah. Right? I think I was like a mermaid in another <laughs> life or something, a river nymph. I don't know. It was, I, I, it just, it always happens. But I mean, I think, you know, too, I'm a, I, I, I felt, I kind of feel like a, a gypsy in this life, you know, like I'm a musician. And so you're always in transition and the whole sort of metaphor of the water moving and, you know, the flow, the ebb and flow of life. It just, it, it comes up over and over again. It works um, really well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Gonna let me down, sit by the hungry jay, get all the muddy water, sit in my woolly mane. Then when morning comes, I'll have another home, we're on the other shore, sit never more. To roam, I be so 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 free. Gonna throw my pipe in the current, sway long away from here. Into another day Go wash Where my sorrows They wash Where my pain When I get on board That mighty river train I'll be so high school you started getting into all sorts of different kinds of music from the other than just the church music can you talk a little bit more about that and then how your experiences and musical interests changed as you entered college yeah i um so i i really lucked up and the school system that i was in uh we had like full-on music like this these amazing programs so i had amazing music teachers and uh the whole chorus thing started super, like as soon as I as soon as I started going to school in Chesterfield County, which is you know where I was from like the third grade up. I had 
really challenging and wonderful, like a musical education experience. So that's when I really first started to kind of understand theory and the sort of things that came naturally out of church and and and, and the music I was used to singing. And it all, just all started coming together. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember certain musical moments. Like I remember when I learned Longer by Dan Fogelberg. I was uh-huh. like, this is the coolest song on the planet, you know? And, and, uh, uh, I remember learning, you know, the Requiem and, you know, La Date Dominum and all these, I mean, there were just all these really singular moments. And, the, but the, the biggest thing that came out of all of that was I, I got to high school and I was in choir. We were in show choir. We were huge on show choir. So like, you know, sequin dresses and mm. dancing and character shoes and, you know, twirling on stage and singing and doing all that at the same time was super, super cool. You know, like, got me ready for everything I would do subsequently. <laughs> but then I never, I never thought about, uh, about putting acting into it. Like musical theater had never mm-hmm. really occurred to me. And I got there and they were doing these full scale productions at my high school, Monacan high school. Uh, and I think the first show that they did my freshman year was like at a seven brides for seven brothers. It was no part for me, but I got to audition and it was awesome. And, um, and I, and I was in the show. I was like a, like there was this moment where I was like a can can girl, you know, in my little country dress. And, um, and it was awesome. And then for the spring show, you know, after they had met all of us newcomers, um, they did Godspell, the Stephen Schwartz musical. And I got to sing the song, Oh, Bless the Lord, My Soul, which was the sort of gospel music, gospel music moment of that show. And I was in, like, I just, (laughs) it it made so much sense to me. It was, it was like air. It was like, oh, you know, like it just sort of widened, it, it widened the, the spectrum for me that there could be this other, this, um, this this sort of more dramatic uh element and and the concept of audience versus congregation you know mm-hmm. as far as who is in on the musical experience and it 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 changed everything for me and it was all i wanted to do after that yeah godspell doing oh bless the lord my soul really uh opened opened up some things for me but i got to do a lot of really really cool musicals and they just they never really leave you like when I finally I didn't I mean to skip a few steps in the story like when I went to college I didn't study music by Mm -hmm. that time I thought it was um I well I think my biggest worry was that I didn't want it to feel like work or you know something like that like I didn't want to study it but I had fallen in love with literature and uh and I studied English I thought I wanted to be an English teacher and that lasted about two months before I started auditioning for musicals I didn't go to school to study music, but I still did musicals and I directed my gospel choir when I went to school. Mm. I got to do The Wiz, though, when I was in college. Twice. I got to play Eveline twice. Once as a freshman and once as a senior. Uh, (laughs) And that was... Like, that was really, really cool. But that... But yeah, I I, I credit musical theater with especially the way I got to, to get into it with broadening and opening my whole everything I thought about music because first of all, getting to do gospel and sing like, Oh, gospel shows up in these other sort of areas in this industry. I love that. But then I wouldn't have known anything about, you know, jazz or anything. If it wasn't for the musicals I did in high school, we did mm-hmm. a lot of like little known musicals, like 1940s radio hour. And I learned songs like, uh, daddy. No, I know the Eartha Kitt version of that. And, um, I said, never treats me sweet and gentle, though I got a bad and that ain't good. Like standards, like that's when I first mm-hmm. got into standards and it, yeah, it was awesome. Tina Robertson, she was my high school drama director. I credit her with all that. <laughs> so you went off to college to study uh, literature? I studied literature and history. And which yeah. college was this? I went to UVA in, okay. Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia, which All is right. about an hour away from where I grew up. Okay. So what made you decide to leave that area and head to New York? Was it right after college? It it, it wasn't directly after college. I um and I the, the thing is, <laughs> UVA was not when I went um 
didn't have a huge musical program. And I meant to go to school for journalism. They didn't have a journalism program either. But what happened was they had this weekend for prospective students called mm. Spring Fling. And I went to Spring Fling and I am bent just on leaving Virginia and uh-huh. on leaving Richmond and on not going to UVA because my father had gone to UVA. Uh, okay. And I was like, I'm not going to this alma mater. I am leaving this state. I wanted to go to USC. I wanted to get, I wanted to get out of town, you know, like everybody. And so, but I got in and I was like, I'm going to go to this prospective students weekend and see how this pans out. Um, so I'm having a great time and, you know, it's fun, but I'm like, ah, you know, I'm still not coming. I still have other plans. Uh, and the day before this weekend ends, I end up, I stumble upon the gospel choir rehearsal Uh and I was like, I have to direct this choir. (laughs) I sat in there for about an hour, mouth gaped open, rehearsal ends. I go to the bookstore. I buy my parents UVA mom and dad mugs. <laughs> and I go home and I present them with them. And my dad's like, yes, you know, I knew it. And they're excited because they don't have to take me to the 10 other schools that yeah. I applied to. But, um, you know, but I, I was in because of music, ironically. But I didn't want to study it. By that time, I had gotten really into journalism and um and at first, I wanted to be like, you know, the editor of Essence Magazine or something. And then I started mentoring kids and the English and the kids thing came together. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be an English teacher. I want to do this. I'm going to travel the world and teach kids literature. Wow. I love it, love it, love it. And I did, you know, and I, I stayed an extra year in school to get my master's and, and did this whole program. And I took a position at a school in Charlottesville right out of school and I, you know, but something about it, I mean, it was cool. It was a new school and, you know, I was teaching drama. I was going to be the drama teacher too. Mm. And it was just like the perfect setup, you know, for a first year teacher. Great students, you know, new facility, computers everywhere. But, um, you know, I something was missing. You know, I just really, really wasn't feeling it. And I was like, I'm doing these kids a horrible <laughs> disservice. <laughs> so, you know, and it took a long time. You know, I had talked to my mom about it and she was like, you know, she was a teacher. <clears throat> she was like, you know, kids are resilient. They'll be fine. You got to do what's going to make you happy. So, you know, I'm what, 21, 22. I've just graduated college and it's, it's my birthday. I remember yeah. it's my birthday. It's October 1st and I walk into my principal's office and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I have to go and sing. And they're like, oh, do you have something planned? And I was like, no, I just have to go see. <laughs> and I did. Everything is changing, changing again. That's all that's ever the same. I'm rearranging, getting to instead. One step ahead of the brain. Days on the shelter, I went to New York to audition and I took the first gig I got and it happened pretty quickly. It was a Disney cruise ship. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty musical theater centered. It's like, you know, the the big wigs and stuff on the, on the boat. And it's like a gig for like the hardest working people in show business. Mm. Cause it's, it's weird. Cruise ships generally have other adult entertainment because it's Disney. It's just shows and movies. So we had like three shows a day. My friends on other cruise ships were like, yeah, I do like two shows a week. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're, you know, doing it wigs and full scale productions. And it was super, super fun. And then I came back and, um, the next gig I got was the rent tour, the non equity rent tour. And I went out on the road for a year doing that. And when I got back, um, I started in in that role on Broadway. The girl who was doing the role on Broadway had just like 
bought a house in Pennsylvania, had a baby or something, <laughs> moved and uh, and I went right on in, and and that's when I officially moved and stayed, you know, stayed mm-hmm. in New York. Um, but it, it had. I always knew that I wanted to leave Virginia, and and I, uh, you know, coming out of school, I wanted to go away for school and and live somewhere else. But um, I didn't know that it was going to be because of music. You know, <laughs> I thought that was just I was going to be something I kind of did for fun because I felt it so hard. Yeah. You know, but yeah. things happen the way they're supposed to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long did you do rent? So probably from 2003 to 2009, because after oh. I closed, I toured for a little bit. So I did the tour for a year, and I came back and was on Broadway for about seven years Wow, awesome. before yeah. we toured. Gosh, that sounds so long now in <laughs> retrospect. It's like a blink of an eye when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> were you doing other things while you were doing Rent? Uh, music? Any other music projects? Well, I mean— I kind of, I always sort of wrote music and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and like, and did my own, like in my own space. I didn't get to like, I didn't start writing and sharing my, my own music until after rent closed, ironically. But during it, we would, we were kind of like a family, you know, the, um, the rent kids, the Broadway kids. So it's a really, it's a, it's a small world. Um, but we, we would often get together and do like, benefits or like theme concerts like we would do 80s concerts or something like that and everybody would pick their favorite song from whatever genre and uh or whatever time period and we would do shows like that but other than that it um I really didn't and I think about that a lot I it, it seems like it felt, it seemed like I would have so much free time to work on my own music too but no it really it really sort of was like an all like an all day thing. Because sometimes we would rehearse and we would have shows at night. We would mm-hmm. do like eight shows a week and have one day off. Um, you know, so you kind of lived in your theater. That seems and, pretty uh, intense. <laughs> it, it it was intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I I loved it. Um mm-hmm. it was great. It was a beautiful piece. So when rent uh ended for you, did you what did you do next after that? I uh Sat in my apartment, depressed because I didn't have a job. <laughs> and I tried to think about what I wanted to do. Well, this is the thing. You know, they didn't like spring it on us. Uh-huh. We knew like a couple of months, you know, we knew a little ways out that it was coming to an end. So I started to think about it and I was like, okay, I knew I wanted to do my own music. So I started before it closing, before it closed, trying to think, you know, about how to best facilitate that. And the only thing I could come up with was you know, trying to be more directive about writing my own music. So I bought a little guitar from a little pawn shop on Ninth Avenue on the way to work one day, like one of these little teeny, I don't know if they're like for small children or if they're for a different kind of music, but I was like, okay, it has six strings and it's small. So I'll be able to, I'll be able to play around on it. Um, And I just started learning chords and trying to write music in my dressing room. By this time I was at swing, which means I wasn't on every single day. Like I would cover, I covered about five different roles. And um, so sometimes I would have just a little bit to do on the show and have, and have a lot of the show to like sit in the room and practice. And I would, and I started learning songs and learning chords and, um, you know, and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I always played a little bit of piano just Mm -hmm. from like, uh, singing in church and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to really try to do this. So we closed September 10th, 2008. And I had my first solo show at the Lori Beachman Theater um, in New York on September 11th. Oh, wow. <laughs> the next day. So I was like, okay, because I know. <laughs> what are you going to do? We're not going to be smacked in the face on the 11th of unemployment. Let's figure out what's going to happen. So that was the first one. And then I just kept trying to make it happen. And um, by that time, I had met and had started working with my current uh, management and production team. And they are bi-coastal, but they're largely based here. Mm-hmm. So about a year after that, a year of just sort of trying to hustle up gigs and play with people and, um, you know, do different things around New York. Um, I moved out here to sort of pursue that. But um, I always was session singing. Like I would do studio sessions from pe- for people every now and then and background gigs when I could do them. Yeah. Now, did you also... Uh, have any part in writing scores for anything? Yeah. My, the first time I got to do that was right after the show closed, a good friend of mine and a brilliant choreographer in New York, her name is Camille A. Brown, 
Um, she was like, so, you know, I've written this. Uh, I have well, written, choreographed mm-hmm. this uh, piece. And I had, I had tried my hand at like scoring films, like short films mm-hmm. or like little like commercial type stuff. Um, but it's, it's, it was so interesting to try and score bodies in motion because <laughs> things change, you know, things like it's one thing to be like commissioned to write a ballet. You write a piece of music, you hand it off to a choreographer mm-hmm. and then they do, but like, it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. So what are you going to do? So I would sit there with my, you know, my, my the three chords I had learned <laughs> on the guitar <laughs> and, uh, just sort of like whatever I could come up with in my mind, but it was a really, really beautifully rewarding experience. Mm. I um, I love this sort of cross pollination of all those things. You know what I mean? To like actually see the blossoming of movement from you know from the piece of music, or you know, in my case, the other way around. It was it was really, really interesting to do. And I've sung on other people's scores, uh-huh. which was cool too. Yeah, so you were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now, it also said you were a, a singer for Elton John's Goodbye uh, Yellow Brick Road the 20th anniversary, anniversary tour. tour. That was awesome. It was in the New Amsterdam Theater. Okay. I mean, I can't remember when, when the album came out, but it was it was, it was was the 25th anniversary of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, because of Rent, like getting into this Broadway family, there's this amazing choir in New York called the Broadway Inspirational Voices. Mm. And they are directed and run by Michael McElroy. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a gospel, an inspirational gospel choir made up of people who are in Broadway shows and, you know, who have the, you know, who, who want to sing that kind of music. And he was asked to put together, you know, a small group of singers to do all of the backgrounds for the show. So there were like three of us that did the whole show. And then there was like a, a small ensemble of us that did like some of the major songs with Elton John, but it was, it was okay. Cause I, I'm nervous. I mean, it's Elton John, right? And it's like, okay, I don't even know. Like three, the group thing I was cool, but I was like, okay, so there are three of us. I'm the alto. The part in the middle is wrong. He's going to know. He was the sweetest person that like, he was, it was so, and I was prepared. I mean, it's like you're Alan John. So if, if you really, if you don't want to talk to us, you yeah, don't want to yeah. be nice to you, it's going to be cool. Yeah. The cool, it was so cool. He just walked and he's patting us on the back and he's laughing and having a good time. He was really chill and he just and brought that energy into the room. Like everybody's relaxed. Yes, this is a huge anniversary concert and the, <laughs> the biggest theater on Broadway <laughs> and I'm Elton John, but everybody was just. He just brought that in that I will never ever forget that he um the the just the the light when he came into the room it was it was totally cool and that's like probably my favorite album by him too so. yeah that's a great album yeah it was really awesome window to blue sky and light peace and quiet stars at night for the first time in my city life. It isn't the house on the hill painted white No not quite But it's on the sixth floor and it's mine Come in off the street Climb the stairs and find me Oh 
talk a little bit about how you decided to make your move to the Bay Area. You said your management company was kind of located in New York and this area. Is that what brought you out here, or was there something else? Yeah, I was. Um, I was looking. I was trying to find some some way to find a place to sort of be able to reimagine myself musically. I mean, I. I, like I said, I love I love singing gospel and I love singing musical theater. But the the only thing for me, well, the two things for me with theater were the the you know the fourth wall that the people aren't really there. You know, I wanted to be with the people and and I was ready to sort of be able to like tell my own story mm-hmm. as opposed to like embodying somebody else's story. And my my thing was. I had gotten to the point where I started to feel a little like I couldn't really like there wasn't an opportunity for me to like reinvent myself in that way and like write different music and explore a little bit of what was happening like in my in my experience um you know New York is in that kind of place sort of like I'm when I'm there I'm like hustle I mean you just you're trying to pay your rent right so yeah so it's like you want you want to practice chords why um you know so anyway I was talking to my I was talking to my manager about it and um he was like well you know the what from what I'm hearing you say the bay area is a really good place to do what you're trying to do and um and he he had there were he had some some connections in place like you know, there was like a church that I could maybe do music at, and there were there was the jazz mafia that, and and there were all these sort of things in place. And I had met some people. I had met Adam, and I had, you know, I had I, I knew some people, so it, it didn't feel like sort of a shot in the dark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm just gonna come out for a little while and see and see see how it works. And instantly, I just. And thankfully, I just sort of clicked with the with the guys in the jazz mafia, and you know, just with the people of the Bay. Like it's just the the energy was right for me, and you know, I got to I felt like I got to explore a little bit more, and um, you know, and then we finished up the album, the you know the the debut album, River Train, and everything, and I just. It just kind of stuck. <laughs> Made sense to me. I still have a place in New York, and I go back often for work. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really I feel the Bay has been very, very good to me. <laughs> and when did you move out here? January, uh, about a year and a half ago now. Okay, yeah, right. January before last. And you're bouncing back coast to coast for different jobs. Can you talk a little bit about what the jo- jazz mafia is? So the Jazz Mafia is this collect, basically a collective of musicians here in the Bay Area. Um, uh, Adam Thies, I like to call him our fearless leader, <laughs> uh, is 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 the guy, you know, the man behind the, the man behind the mystery, and uh, we 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 support each other. I mean, I walked into a fully operational you know, musical nation when I walked into that. Like the beauty thing for me is just like, so the first sort of major thing I did with the Jazz Mafia was Brass Bowls and Beats, which was the first Jazz Mafia symphony that Adam wrote. And I got to come in as a vocalist and there were, I had, I had never, I had never performed with the symphony before in the first Mm -hmm. place, but it's like me and there were three other vocalists at the time, three other singers. And then there were, um, MCs as well, you know, rappers and poets and, and all kinds of things. And it was this amazing thing. So that is like the largest incarnation of the Jazz Mafia that I have been a part of. But then there are all these other other people have their bands. Like there's the Shotgun Wedding Quintet is a part of Jazz Mafia. Joe Bagale and his band are a part of Jazz Mafia. And there are just all of these interconnected, you know, musical families mm-hmm. and jazz mafia is the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's dope because it's like, first of all, you, you know, the, the, you, everybody is amazing. We, we, I think when, when we can be together and we have the time, you know, to be together when we do these gigs that we really sort of propel each other and, and get each other excited and we're all excited about each other's material. And in those little, those, those different varying smaller under the umbrella mm-hmm. of jazz mafia, there's so many different types of music represented. Um, I just love it. It's like it's like a playground. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's <laughs> kind of crazy that it's what we do. That <laughs> sounds know, like a lot it. of fun. <laughs> yeah. 
I think there's some videos available on is it on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And we just started um, performing the the second symphony, which was more collaborative. There were like 13 of us that, mm. that wrote it, um, and it's called Emperor Norton, the Emperor Norton Suite. And we just did that at Stern Grove not too long ago, and at Summer Stage in New York, mm. where we got to perform with Roy Ayers, which <sighs> was crazy. He's in that list that we were talking about earlier of the people I grew up listening to, yeah. and um, yeah, it was it was it was like it was like magic. It's um, yeah, it's beautiful. I feel really really lucky to have fallen into that musical family out here. Wow, that's amazing. Let's get a little bit more into River Train, and so, so it sounds like you brought a lot of the songs for that album with you when you moved out to the Bay Area. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I started writing. Um, well, Stay, which I think is like track seven or eight or something, was the, fir- the first song that I wrote. The first song I ever wrote on guitar and the, okay. and the, and the first song that I wrote on, for the album. Um, and I remember sitting in the dressing room writing that song. And uh, so I started writing that, and I think I wrote the title track two out there. And then I was on the road um, with Rent and with uh, this another artist friend of mine named Spencer Day for a while and I did a lot of writing on the road um which I think really you know sort of to go back to that to that theme like sort of feeling like I'm writing writing myself home like mm-hmm. I had just left New York and I was <laughs> moving to the bay and then I was on the road and it was just you know it was like all I had was my guitar <laughs> you know <laughs> every day in a different city you know but it was um yeah the writing process was amazing cuz I I learned I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I would not call myself a guitar virtuoso by any stretch of the imagination at this point, but like I can play a few songs. When I started writing this album, I could play like a chord. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I couldn't even tell you what chord that was. It was just something I sort of was like, oh, that sounds right. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it, that is one of the really cool things about looking back on the album is that I can kind of mark my growth, you know, as at least as, as far as the guitar goes. And, um, yeah, I certainly hadn't written the album when I got out here mm. and like, but it was, it was sort of a process during that whole transition out here. Now, did you incorporate, incorporate a lot of friends on to the recording or did you hire people? Or I, a, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the, the act- Okay, so like my rhythm section, we pretty much recorded the album over two days live mm-hmm. at Fantasy Studios out here. Oh, okay. And um, so I had not, I had just recently met the amazing, <laughs> the rhythm section is like Scott Amendola on drums and John Evans played bass and uh, Errol Cooney played guitar and uh, Ben Jonas who is who is also my manager and producer um, played some played keys and and Gowan Matthews is on guitar. I was being in the studio. Carl Wheeler's on organ with all of these people. It was just like I. It was like the think tank of all nations. It was like I was I was I was surrounded by like it was like every day like six or seven brilliant producers mm-hmm. and writers and compo- and I'm just like oh you know it was. I I I had no idea how much uh how much richer the songs were going mm-hmm. to be. You know, I had only really um thought about them, you know, with me and like my sort of spare guitar playing at the time and and it was just like everybody had amazing ideas mm-hmm. and everybody you know, was happy to be there and, and wanted to help. And then I got to bring in, so, but that that was like an initial, my initial sort of moment playing with those guys. And I felt wonderfully supported and like I learned so much and it was such like a whirlwind process. But then I got to sort of, like Maya Kronfeld is a good friend of mine, piano player. She, I got to have her come in and play on a song and, um, Valerie Trout and Cody Holiday and and a, a lot of of my friends got to come in and do vocals and things, but um, yeah, yeah, and I wanna I'm hoping to get to do more of that with the next project too. Like that first one was, I was really um, you know, we were, we were really focused, you know, on getting it done and 
and and auditioning the songs and and getting the the core players in the room, but I'd like it to be really uh, collaborative and, and work with some new people next time too. Yeah, that's cool. You mentioned Scott and John uh, Evans. Oh my god! Uh, the, the friends of mine put out an album called Ten Ton Feather. Mm-hmm. Rick Dadia and Irene Espiritu. Mm. And they used uh, those two guys on their album. They were, I saw them play at uh, Freight and Salvage, and it was really amazing. Oh, my They're gosh. Good. <laughs> Man, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> just like I just can't. That was, I was making a face. I couldn't see. But it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was like, gosh, I have, you know, it's, I have never heard my, my song sound so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I was blown away. Yeah, that's great. Under the stars, they light up the sad little town. A ragged do wish has traveled so far. I'm telling it all this time around. I've been carrying the weight of my dirty secrets, but I'm washing them away. I'm gonna lead a procession. everybody and i like to wait till a little bit farther along in the interview because it's a real personal question but what does music mean to you you know i always tell people i i always i always say music is like air like i i honestly truly i i feel like i breathe it like i like i need it i've never um been so sort of uh, so like broken by something and made whole by it at the same time like i um that is such a why a why that's a huge question <laughs> what does music mean? i mean honestly to me it's it's everything i feel like there is nothing that cannot be expressed or understood you know through through music and i I just, I, I love it. It's, I can't imagine doing anything else. I tried. <laughs> and that's what I mean by being made so whole and so broken at the same time. I tried, you know, I tried and, um, and it calls you back, you know? So to me, you know, music is both a, Music is my master. <laughs> music is my master. Music is my medicine. Sometimes it's also my sickness. I mean, you know, there are days when music matters more than food. You know what I mean? It's sometimes you just need it more than food. Yeah, you do. It's um, it's everything. And I think too that people used to ask me what I wanted to do with my music, and I always said I wanted to be a voice for the voiceless, and I wanted to change the world. And I still believe that. I believe that music that music can change the world. I believe that if there's any one vehicle, true vehicle for change, you know, 
to make things better, as it were. I mean, that's mm-hmm. such a nebulous concept, but <laughs> that music is it. I think it. I think it saves and will save us all. <laughs> <laughs> On a little less serious note, I did see a video that you had done that was a Lady Gaga spoof. Can you talk <laughs> about that a little bit? That was awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, a friend of mine named Finn Kelly is the. I mean, I don't. Know, I guess he's the the CEO. He he has this. There's this. They have this company called Go Go Game, um, and they and it's like, um, you know, like uh, people go to, to like corporate places and do like scavenger hunts and team okay. building and stuff. And they do, you know, they they do these these really really awesome you know activities. With people they're like consultants, but in a fun way, uh-huh. you know. And um, so he was like, I have this, <laughs> I have this really interesting. Uh, project, you know, that I want you to come and do, and it's it's this it's the spoof of telephone, which at that point I had not even heard, I hadn't seen the telephone video, uh-huh. you know, I had heard of Lady Gaga, and um and I knew that there was this thing that she and Beyonce had done, but I hadn't I hadn't seen the video yet, and um he was like, so it's gonna be the telephone thing, but it's about but it's about the office. Cause you know, they go mm-hmm. to these corporate offices <laughs> it is, it is so cool. Like the words, the word, they changed all the words. Uh-huh. It was like, you know, like all my, um, there's this part in the actual song where Beyonce is talking about, you know, she's at the club and the boy keeps texting her or something and stop texting me all your some, some. And the words were like, all my bosses posted notes won't make me type no fast. It was just like, I like the office version of this. It was awesome. It was I had funny. never gotten to, um, to work. I had never gotten to like do green screen uh-huh. taping. I got to do that for the first time. Um, I got to drive the really, the cool little cars, you know, that you, it was, it was really awesome. It was cool. What other uh, projects are you working on right now? Right now, I'm 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 writing a lot. I'm doing, you know, I'm I'm thinking about what you know how I want my sound to evolve next, and you know, kind of let that happen naturally. And and writing a lot for myself, but I am involved with a lot of other cool bands that I'm really happy about my work with. There's uh, a new band in the in in the Bay Area called Hot Einstein. It's headed up by a good friend of mine named Matt Berkeley, a keys mm-hmm. player, and uh, Joe Bagale, a drummer, and we, uh, a drummer and vocalist, and we. Uh, there are like six of us, and we um we we play a lot of really cool classic covers, like mm-hmm. things that I wouldn't ordinarily get to play. Like like I'm they're getting me into like Tom Petty and um, oh. <laughs> American Girls, like my favorite thing, my favorite thing to play on the on the world. I get to play the tambourine, and it's <laughs> awesome. I'm having a good time with Hot Einstein, and um, I also sing in this live house band called Moon Candy, and uh, we're playing at Disco Volante August for August fourth, and that and that's super fun. That's com- that's another completely different thing, you <laughs> know, singing house vocals live. It's really um. It feels a lot like church. It feels a lot like gospel music, uh, but it's it's you know more electronic, and that's really interesting. There is the Mickey Hart project is is out of this world. Mickey Hart, the drummer of the Grateful Dead, is putting together a new project, a new band, and I'm one of the vocalists. I'm pleased as punch to be one of the vocalists, and. Um, Tim Hockenberry is also one of the vocalists, and there's a lot of new music, uh, a lot of brand new stuff made on the made on the project. And then there we're doing some Grateful Dead covers and some um, uh, some tunes from some other 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 Mickey projects up until this point. And um, yeah, we uh, my first time playing with them was at this uh, this was. This amazing thing at the Craneway for like Wavy Gravy's birthday, <laughs> and uh, I got to sing Happy Birthday to Wavy G, and that was cool. Playing with Mickey Hart is is amazing. He mm-hmm. he just has stories and life oh, for days, and <laughs> um, you know it's been awesome just to work on it. So I, I can't I can't wait to hit the stage. But that's that's sort of the major project in my life right now. That's and where on. can people go to? 
learn all about your music, your website? Is it what's your I primary? have yeah, I have a website under my name is crystalmonehall.com and um you can also I'm trying through all these other you can get to everything else from there too. Like I have a link to Jazz Mafia and to and Another good place to look me up is JonasMedia.com. You can find out about Mickey Hart there or JazzMafia.com. We're there too. But if you want to find me, it's CrystalMoneha.com. Monet with two E's. Everybody yes. thinks it's a T. <laughs> <laughs> and where can they go to get the, the album? Uh, the album is available on my website. And um, and you can download it or you can you know order a hard copy. Um, it will be up on iTunes and CD Baby very, very shortly. But it's not right now. All right. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you would like to share? Um before we get into some songs. Before we get into some music? No, yeah. I'd love to share some music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for coming down to Music Life Radio. No, thank you for having me. Oh yeah. This is, this super is great. Fun. Now we have three live songs recorded at Music Life Radio from Crystal.
Thanks. Um, another? Okay.
apply Lock up the window Shut the door And don't to see anymore I'm so scared Some about the thing you put on Bring me to life Changing my mind I'm afraid to have it all
London Breeze London Breeze London Thanks again to Crystal for coming down to Music Life Radio and sharing her stories and music with us. Check her out on the web at crystalmonethall.com. That's Crystal as in C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-M-O-N-E-E-H-A-L-L.com. Thanks again for checking us out, and we'll see you next time.